Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Hello, Crazy Cool Parents. This is Madeline here, and I hijacked my mom. We've got two <laughs> babies sleeping. Kind of. The dog is outside. <laughs> the kids are at school and work. And so I hijacked my mom and decided to ask her some questions that for me personally as a young mom, I am asking now, but I also know that a lot of you young moms out there are also asking some of these questions. So we're going to get it, Rosh. I have the questions written on a piece of paper and she has not even seen them. Which is rough for me because I'm Miss Internal Processor. <laughs> so she, if she throws something at me and I pause for a long time, <laughs> my slow, tired, old brain working. So I'm just going to jump right into it, ask some questions and get some wisdom for someone who has been parenting for 30 years, right at 30 years, 30 years in a few days. So... Um, ready for this mom? I'm ready. So excited. Okay. My first question for you is how do you intentionally find purpose in your life, specifically when you're at home with little kids all the time? Where do you find your purpose? How do you find it? And how do you keep finding it every day when the routine is so the same? Yes, and the tasks get mundane, and it <laughs> yeah. feels like I call it the season that you're in, Madeline, the wiping season where you're wiping their nose and the counters and the floors oh and their gosh. bottoms yes. all the time. <laughs> Super hard seven to Seven poops. A yeah. couple of days ago, we had seven <laughs> poops in one day. It was quite true it did. Not not us. <laughs> not mom, how many not we me. <laughs> um, yeah, Madeline and Larry were competing. I changed the last one. I changed the last one. I've changed three. I've changed three. Um Okay, so that is such a good question, and I think that if moms could grasp hold of that purpose um, that they have in this season of littles when they're at home, then it will feed that that tank of this is worth it and I'm glad I'm doing it. And it will also fight the enemy who is constantly there telling us I'm so much better than this. I'm wasting my life mm-hmm. away that there's the, the world is out there and I'm just stuck in this house and these four walls and these small people that desperately <laughs> need my attention. And so if I can just, um, maybe open your eyes up a little bit that you, that, that we as moms, we get to mold and shape very specific individuals handpicked by God given to us in this season of time, in this history, in this line of history um, to impact the kingdom. And that's what we're doing. And that's where I found my purpose is that if I could produce solid, strong um, individuals that had an identity that was based and grounded in Christ that could go out and confidently impact the world for Christ, that they could bring his life, light, and love into every environment that where they went. I mean, parents, have you ever been around a person that when you're around them, you just feel peace or you feel hope or you feel joy? That's what we get to do. We get to build that individual that mm-hmm. goes in and makes an impact on the environment that they walk into. 
That's cool. And so we do that as we're wiping their bottom and we're singing them a little song. Seven poops today. I got to change. You know, whatever that is, you bring joy into it, or you 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 come at your tasks with um, with strength and with purpose, perseverance, I guess. And you're showing your children all of those things when you, and Madeline is a master at this. She brings joy and fun into absolutely everything. She's living with us for just this short little season while they're um, putting offers on houses in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And she's just always got the most ridiculous song on her lips, you know, that she's singing and she's like me and we can't carry a tune to save our lives. And it's just like not the best singing, but it's joyful and it's fun and it's laughter. So that's so good. And that kind of leads me to the next question. I'm going to kind of get inside your brain for a minute. Um, how do you find joy? So when you're doing the dishes and you're driving someone like mom will drive a kid, pick a kid up from school, drive them 20 minutes across town, come back and pick up the other kid from school and drive them 20 minutes back across town to the exact same location only to go pick them up one hour later at the same spot, you know? And so, I mean, like she spends her whole, from like 3 PM to 7 PM in the car, it feels like, um, or the dishes, the dishwasher has been broken in our house the last week. And so she's been washing, hand washing <laughs> so dishes for all 20 people that come in and out of this house on a regular basis or the dog has been living inside because it hates outside because it's too hot and so there's dog hair everywhere so just like the monotonous tasks you're doing every single day what are some of your thought processes like whether good or bad that you're thinking and what are some of the bad ones that you're reworking to good because you're still going to have to do the dishes right. for a while. You're still going to have to drop kids off places until we can get rest, the rest of us with licenses. And right. so what are some of your, how are you reworking your thoughts? Um, so the, um, the taking the kids to and from, that has been, it feels like a lifetime. Because you guys all were pretty active. You all had your sports and your activities. And so that was something that I had to flip my thinking from a long time ago. And so I'm very solid in that right now. So, um, I just don't, as our kids get older and as they go off to school, they're eight hours and then they go onto their activities. We spend less and less time with them. And so to me, that time in the car is the most valuable time. Like it's one of the highlights of my day. I look forward to going mm -hmm. and picking them up from school and hearing about their day and what happened. It's my opportunity to connect with them and to um, wash off the world, the experiences that they've had when they've been away from me. And it's my... And to like flip their, some of their thinking, get inside their brains and change some thought patterns. For sure. Like McCade has been, you know, trying out for football and every time he got in the car, he would complain about it. Like there's these receivers and there's taller than me or they're mm -hmm. whatever it is and so to even this is when I think that we get to parent in the car it's such an incredible level because they're a captive audience yeah and they don't have anything else that's really distracting them and especially if it's one-on-one -on -one, that's my favorite when I get to go so to me it's almost like I look forward to it as, as a little date and so I don't mind picking one kid up from school bringing them home driving them 20 minutes and then <laughs> we're coming back and doing the same thing again because it's each kid individual yeah and so that's I mean so that's my thoughts on that as parents I know that right now when you have small children and they're all in the car together it's not usually peaceful it's usually chaotic because <laughs> they're all fighting and so just hijack that time and just you know capitalize on it with okay somebody tell me their favorite you know food that they like to eat or their you know whatever that is just create mm -hmm. a conversation stream with them to get them talking so last night I was picking up the boys in it um, was and with, I was so grateful that you did, but I was a little bit sad. Yeah. And I was with Larry and so I did not have this perspective. And so I realized about halfway through the drive that they're playing on their 
phones. I think they're playing a game together or whatever. And I was realized that I was missing it the moment that I could have with them. And so we turned on Taylor Swift and we started singing together or whatever. <laughs> so but um, it's easier. It was easier to just talk to Larry, not entertain them, even though they are in high school and middle school. It was easier for them to be on their electronics. So how do I choose the harder one? when it's easier to just say, yeah, play with your games, play on your electronics, entertain yourselves. I'm just going to turn up my music and have a moment in my own head for a second. And so <clears throat> while that is okay, I just want to give you permission <laughs> spirit. Sometimes that might be your only quiet moment because they're all strapped in their car seats and they're not making messes. <laughs> and so you might just want to have a moment and that's fine too. But for me, it was just, um, wanting to, connect with them wanting to mm -hmm. um just curious about what they just experienced like tell me like madeline picked them up from hub camp La or hub uh, it's a our church's uh, youth and i wanted to know who they met and who they talked to and and what new people maddox is in charge of the new people so how many new people were there was it chaotic was it mm -hmm. you know peaceful or whatever and so i just want to know what's going on in their lives and so as parents that's how you get the motivation to not want to tune out and turn your music on and give everybody their technology is you want to connect with them on on what's going on in their lives after they've been away from you for a while. Yeah, that's good. So, so then back to the dishes. There's no <laughs> children in the dishes. There's no conversation in the dishes. There's just a bunch of dirty caked on food dishes. So how do you rework your thoughts in those moments? That's so good. And so for me, I have to, I had to identify things that satisfied me and go after those things. <laughs> and so it, to me, it's very satisfying to have a sink full of dishes that are dirty and then there be a counter full of clean dishes and then to dry them and put them all away and to look up and it there's uh, there are no dishes <laughs> and so I didn't love the idea of having to do a million dishes but I love the satisfaction that it brought when the project was mm -hmm. done and so I would I just figured out ways that I would that I would found satisfaction like like I used to when I first um, got married is I needed to have all the trash emptied on the night before, you know, not the night before Christmas or the <laughs> night before the trash was picked up, whichever. Um, and so, or else like if, if I did the laundry, all the laundry in the whole house had to be done. And that standard became a little bit ridiculous. And so I had to find a different way for my satisfaction to be met. And so that's one of the drivers that I would do is to figure out what satisfies you, what pleases you, what makes you, if it's a situation, then filter through and find out, okay, what is it that's going to make me satisfied or pleased, or mm -hmm. I mean, maybe even happy on the, at the end of it. And then look toward that as the goal, not the project yeah. itself. In my, in my own personal way of doing things. I'm not orderly by nature. Um, and so I, whenever it comes time to clean my house or get things in order, I have to entertain myself because I get bored. And so if you come into my house, you'd find loud music playing in me, just like working, 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 because it's not about, for me, the motivator is not this, what's the satisfying goal. Cause I'm like, I could technically live in a mess. <laughs> like I could, um, it's more of like, how am I going to get there? Am I going to have fun doing it? Am I going to create fun doing it? And so if I can play loud music and dance and sing and worship or listen to a fun podcast while I'm doing the dishes, then that gets me there. And so I guess that's, that's just different people have different motivators or it, moms is to be satisfied with the end product, prod, 
duct and mine is to like have Enjoy fun doing it, it while you're yeah. doing it. And so so many times just to <clears throat> mesh those two together, I wanted the end product done and I had seven kids that continued to create the mess. <laughs> and so I would actually, I think Madeline probably got that idea is I would either set the timer or we would play a song. Okay. The kitchen yeah. needs to be cleaned up by the time this song is over or the, um, she would always say this phrase. She would say, if all of us work for five minutes, that is, and she would pony us off five, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. That would be 30 minutes of work. If all of us work for, and, and, you're, and, only working for five. and you're only working for five minutes, or if all of us can clean the house for one hour, that's seven hours of work. Everyone get going. And we were always like, yeah. <laughs> And then we started catching on and we were like, mom. <laughs> yeah. And so recruit help by all yeah. means. Like Madeline had somebody unload the dishwasher the other night. She goes, mom, guess what? I had the boys unload the dishwasher on their, on the, on the dishwasher's, um, maiden voyage yes, on his first new dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, next question is how do you make plans for your children and your life, but also remain flexible? Because it feels like we make plans. We're like, okay, today we're going to go do blank, you know, go to Walmart and all buy a treat or do this or that. And then this baby misses a nap or this baby doesn't sleep at all. And then this kid does this or whatever. It feels like every day there are plans in place and every day the plans get rearranged, shifted, or just crossed off and we just all stay home. And so how do you make plans and get excited about the plans, but also remain flexible when the plans don't happen at not when like as they don't happen. <laughs> right. Oh, that's so good. I mean, I just think anybody with small children, flexibility has to be part of it mm-hmm. because the child's growing in teeth or the child's hungry or the child needs a nap or the child didn't sleep good that night. And so I think that, I think initially coming into a life of a whole bunch of kids, I had pretty much an idea and a structure of what I wanted. But as each child came along more and more of that ideal died. (laughs) And so I think that I've now grown flexibility. And so what I would advise is that by all means, lay out your plans. You need to have a plan. You'll be, you won't even want to get out of bed in the morning. If you're like, I have no idea what we're going to do today. You know, it's just (laughs) going to be a mishmash of a day. So have a plan and work toward that plan and that goal, but then just hold it loosely Mm -hmm. knowing that something might come up, you know, whatever that is, plans may get canceled. And, and so I just encourage you that when that happens, if you've got a child that has come to this world and they are a planner, I mean, Molly was my planner and she would be (laughs) just distraught if the plans didn't, you know, pan out like we had set up to. And so you just have to be in communication with even those children. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're, we're going to do this, this, and this today. That's my, that's our goal. And that's what I want to do. And we want to make it happen, but I'm going to hold it loosely. And I want you to hold it loosely too just in case it it doesn't work and so and then just the younger your children are the looser your plans might need to be yeah and then know that the older they get the I mean especially once they're in school those are pretty solid plans I mean the world (laughs) is making those for them and so it's hard to be flexible with that yeah but the more flexible you can be the more peaceful your life will be because if you get bent out of shape because you didn't get to run by the cleaners because the baby puked or whatever that is (laughs) Life is going to be hard. Yeah, that's good. Okay, I got two more questions. Can you do two more questions? Yeah, I think I can do two more. Okay, um, how do you have time to know, like really know your kids, also your husband, and also maintain your house? Like how do you, especially when there's a lot of them and the more that come, 
I feel like one thing that my mom does really well is she'll always be saying, blah, 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 has this going on in their head right now? Da, 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 and she'll just rattle off, you know, like for example, she used McCade and football and that process in his mind and what's happening in his world. And I'm like, when did you have time to find that out? You know, <laughs> like you're doing a million things. I'm like, I, I have one baby and one husband. And I'm like, that's a lot for my world to know what's going on in their worlds. Um, but she's doing that with all of her kids and her grandkids and her kids spouses and all of that kind of stuff while maintaining house and while also loving and taking care of your husband. So how do you balance it? What's your secret? What are your tricks? So I think you're being very generous because I would say that they all have what one seventh or one ninth or one eleventh. Is that how many people in our family now? And so it's not quite at the high standard that you say that it is, but there is a secret to it. And I think that I love it that you asked that because the secret is to um, live in the moment with that person. And mm-hmm. so when you are there with them, with what they are experiencing right then and there, then you get credit for that. You yeah. get, they feel known because you're with them right then and there. And you're, and I'm terrible about not paying attention to the poor McKenzie's in, you know, college station <laughs> and Michael's in Arkansas. And I maybe send a text flare out to them every once in a while, but Madeline and I've had some great conversation because we're face to face. And so I just tend to be whoever's in front of me. That's who gets my attention and my full attention usually. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking uh, along the way, it's probably another thing. So I'll have like the kitchen is our heartbeat. And so, so much happens in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so I just picture everybody sitting around at the bar stools or whatever, and I'm doing the things around the house. I'm getting stuff done while we're talking and mm-hmm. while they're talking, while I'm asking questions or while they're sharing what's going on. And so it's kind of a little bit of both, you know, and, or, and then when you guys were little, I, I didn't, I didn't do it very often, um, because I'm more of an introvert and I really appreciated my time alone, but I love my one-on-one time. And so I remember remember us like grabbing a kid and going somewhere or Christmas time going and buying presents Mm -hmm. with you know each one of you or or going on like a what coffee date or whatever that is like that that or you would come sit at the end of our bed I remember that and I think we've talked about that before but at the end of a day she would just make her rounds into all of our rooms and just sit at the end of our bed we were either getting ready for bed or doing our homework or whatever. And she would just come and maybe it was 10 minutes, but that was pretty much all we needed. We would talk the whole time. Didn't ask her any questions, <laughs> just give her a download of our world. And so I guess now you're probably doing that driving to and from with the boys. Right. And so once you started driving, that's when the 10 minute bedtime thing, I mean, that's when I would start even doing that as y'all were older or whatever yeah. and not, not connecting with you. Once you started driving that I for sure remember doing that. But even when you're little, I mean, I kind of cheated a little bit because I homeschooled for a long time. (laughs) So I just had the, I had the minutes, Mm -hmm. I had the quantity of time. And so the quality of time wasn't quite as important because the minutes counted. And so now though, as everybody's in different directions, it's very concentrated on the quality of time. That's great. Kind of a branch off of that question, just because I'm curious. Um, is so with each kid and you're having intentional time with them, you also have an ability to understand them and understand their brain and their world and their thoughts and their emotions, um, partially because of the way God made you to be. But if there is a practical secret on someone who maybe has this strong willed kid or a kid who doesn't want to talk or a kid who's emotional and they're not, or a kid who is not emotional and they are, what is your secret on like, how do you understand your child 
in front of you? And what would you give these mamas and daddies help to like understand how to understand their kid? And that's what I'm, I need help with that because <laughs> I'm very much a thinker, not emotional. And my child is a roller coaster of emotions. And so I'm like, stop so crying funny. about everything. Just think it through. And so how do, how do I personally understand my baby? And how do you understand your two-year-old and three-year-old and four-year-old and 15-year-old? Yeah, so the first thing is so good, Madeline. The first thing I would do is I would take captive the thoughts that he's so different or she's so different or I don't understand her or I don't get her. We, you know, I talked to a family one time and they have this daughter who's just delightful, but she's artistic and she's talented mm-hmm. in a bunch of areas, but they're all athletic. And so she could care less. She doesn't just, she's like, she doesn't <laughs> want to be outside. She doesn't want to sweat. She want to do this stuff. And they're like, we're having a hard time connecting with her. And so just to flip your thinking and just realize, oh, this child has been given to me as a gift to understand a part of my personality or my character that I don't understand. Or my spouse's. Or, or yeah. Yes, or my spouse's. Or the character of God. Yes, and then it'll even be siblings with each other too. It's like, oh my goodness, like Truett will be a gift to you to help you even understand your next child mm-hmm. as you've watched him grow. And so I just encourage you to see them as this incredible opportunity to learn a whole new way because why why is it that we think that when people are like us that it's best oh i get you you're like me <laughs> like we want to find common ground and so i just want to encourage you find uncommon ground and press in and learn something new That's about good. yourself and learn something new about that child mm-hmm. that's fascinating um and then i had the there was two thoughts i knew i should have written them down um so understand your child and embrace your child and, and know that that's, you want to go after that differences. Differences are good. Difference are better. They draw you together. Um, and then let, let them be themselves. Mm-hmm. I think that that's where if you have it like, and I, and I did it wrong with, I mean, Macy was my first emotional one. <laughs> Molly, Molly was a feeler, but she, anyway, she just logistically had it figured out. And then Madeline was just this little, just, you know, little soldier. I can do it. I can do it. But Macy was my emotional one and I just did not handle it. Well, I let her emotions push my buttons and let and it created the emotional person in me and I didn't embrace it well. And then God was gracious enough to give me Maddox, who is a male emotional person. <laughs> and, um, and I was able to do it completely different because I was able to accept him and encourage him and allow him to be who God created him to be. And not only that, but like he even resisted it. Like I'm a dude, I'm not supposed to be emotional. And I was even able to give him permission to mm-hmm. know like God's got something great for you through these emotions. And he's got a plan for you to use this. He's given you empathy at a super high level. Yeah, I remembered it. So I knew I knew I would. And then, um, Equip yourself, you know, with the love languages, figure out what love language your kid is, figure out if your kid's an internal or external processor and what you are. Just go through and do some of those personality tests. The Enneagrams are a big thing right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to label a kid because a kid represents all of them, just like they kind of represent all the love languages because they want to be loved in all ways yeah. and their, their whole, um, but just start paying attention to those things, not so that you're labeling them, but so that you're understanding them. Yeah. Like it was huge when I realized that I'm an internal processor and Michael is an internal processor and Madeline's an internal processor. And so the th- everybody else is external. Yeah. <laughs> and so they would all talk and talk and talk and we would all just sit there, you know, and not say anything. And we realized, okay, that, that, okay, that's how we need to interact with them. We need to respond 
so that they can think about it for a while, give them a question. And so just learn, study your kid, learn your kid. And that goes back to that very first question. How do you make them feel special? Yeah. You study them, you pay attention, you're curious about them. You want to understand them. You ask them questions like the, your emotional kid, like true, it doesn't talk yet, but buddy, what's going on in your head? What are you thinking right now? You <laughs> yeah. know, or give any words to, I understand that I took your toy away and you're unhappy about it, but it's time to, you know, just give yeah. them words. Yeah. That's and let good. them give you words. That's good. In the sweet balance, I like what you said about um, understanding them but not putting them in a box because I feel like they change all the time. You know, it's like, oh, yes. right, you're emotional. Or I could have just because you threw this. We well, might just be a baby. You know, you might be emotional because <laughs> you're, you're nine he months old. You know, yes. and so that you're crying because you're tired, not because you're emotional. So just like being like understanding them, being willing to understand them, trying to understand them, but also not putting them in the box of like you are for sure a feeler, one hundred percent. Just like I'm just going to continue to understand you more and more as I learn you and know you and in pursue you and ask you questions and all of that kind of yep. stuff. I love you right where you are. I love you for who God made you to be. I yeah. love, I love how you get so unhappy, you know, just yeah. for, you know, that's one of you, the things you said that when you, you take a big breath and you go, I love you. And then you go into the next thing. And so, so powerful parents that just that acceptance of our kids is so powerful. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Um, just on a really practical note, whether it's little kids or big kids, but just in your daily life, how do you incorporate Jesus um, externally? I know you can incorporate him in your thought life, and that's a huge battle, and that could be a whole other podcast of how to um, choose to believe truth instead of lies in your mind and in your heart about your kids and your spouse and your family. But I'm talking about out loud with your words in your kids' lives. How do you incorporate Jesus? Not, I'm not even talking about like morning devotionals and practicals like that. I'm talking about like they're sitting in their high chair and you're in, you have an option of to talk to them or to do the dishes. What do you do? Or things like that. How do you incorporate Jesus in those moments? Yeah. So I think your, um, your first tool is your words. You know, anytime there's gratefulness, you know, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for this food. You know, thank you, mm -hmm. Jesus, for smashed peas. You know, <laughs> thank you. You know, so for that, like, I think that was one of the first things that I incorporated with my kids. Can you believe Jesus gave us such a beautiful day? You know, or there's a rainbow or, ah, oh, I love the rain. I love it when, you know, the creator of the universe gives us rain. And so just one of those ways is just to use words yeah. for sure. And then to just go through those actions right now with um, like Madeline's really good about playing worship music and singing along and Truett <laughs> sings along too. And it's hysterical. He sounds a little bit like a beached whale when he sings, <laughs> but he is singing. And so you're doing that. I mean, worship music is so powerful in the car. If you want to, ch if you want to change the atmosphere in your home, if it's stressful or frustrating, or if everybody woke up on the wrong side of the bed, put worship music mm -hmm. on. It is, it is magical to even watch the babies because bashes over here too and um, put the music on and they just look around mm -hmm. and you can see the tracks being formed in their brain right now by the power of music yeah and awesome. so music is important and then I mean prayer you know, putting their little hands together and pray and let's pray. Let's talk to Jesus right now. <laughs> Jesus, we love you so much. And we're so glad that you gave us this day or whatever that is, just incorporating that or, you know, like a quiet time, which is almost impossible with small children, but it's okay if they watch you, if you're, if they're sitting on the floor playing and you've got your Bible open, read some scripture out loud, mm -hmm. read that over them, you know, as your journal and mommy's going to write in her journal and I'm writing a love letter to, to Jesus right now. And someday you're going to do this. You know, I say, I tell the babies all the time, <laughs> every time I change 
change their diaper, I say, right now you put your poo-poos in the, in your diaper, but soon you're going to put them in the potty, you know, <laughs> so that they've got those tracks laid in their brain. And so you can do that too with God. Yeah. You know, right now you're going to the nursery, but soon you're going to go to big church with mommy and daddy or just, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. That's good. This is a Bible and you can't read it right now, but someday you're going to read it. This is a Bible. This is your book. That's called the Bible where God's words are in it and just talking to them, you know, yeah. showing them. That's good. I remember, I actually forgot that I did this. I, at one point in time, babysat some kids. Um, and it was when I was in college station and the kids were hard. They were not from the church. They didn't know God. The mom didn't know God. The, and the kids were hard, hard. The parents didn't discipline the way I knew how to discipline. And I mean, they just, from the moment I got, picked them up from school until the moment their mom came, it was hard. And so I would preach the gospel to them in the car. They weren't allowed to talk. I would pick them up from school and I would say, okay, boys, I'm going to tell you a story. A long, long time ago, and I would do the whole from creation to the fall of man, the whole gospel, and I and they got used to it to where we got in the car and they would say, can you tell us that story that you tell us every time, Miss Madeline? And then I oh, would do it every single time. And the car raids were like, they would fight and they would grab each other and they would scream and they would cry and, the, and then they'd get home and then they would fight and they would want to play their technology. But when we started doing that, it was about halfway through and I was babysitting them. Um, it changed. Like it was so powerful. powerful. We, would, we would tell the story the whole like seven minute drive home. I would drag it on as long as possible <laughs> to where the story took the whole ride home. And then we'd get home and that whole atmosphere was changed. They would, we would come in, we would have a snack, we would talk about our day and it was completely different than running in, putting our bags away, going straight to technology. And it was really powerful. I forgot that I had done that. So just even like a simple practical of like telling them the story of Jesus, um, can be even though it feels like lofty and even sometimes difficult to like go there when it's easier to just turn up the music or whatever taking that time intentionally is really powerful excellent I 100 (laughs) percent agree yes a lot and then that goes the same thing along the way every chance you get you tell you tell the stories you include jesus he's he's not some far off god he's sitting in the car with you he's at the kitchen table with you he's Mm -hmm. in bed with you as you go to sleep at night yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Okay, that's all we got. Do you have any just last minute words of encouragement for these mamas? Maybe some things they need to hear today. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, it's um, just remember that this too shall pass. That the season that you're in right now is not a forever season and it goes so fast. And I remember when I was in a season with a bunch of little kids, I remember. Um, people who were in my season now saying, Oh, it goes so fast. You're going to miss it. And I'm like, I'm not missing it today. (laughs) And so I just want, I don't want to encourage you with that so much as just look at today. Don't look at tomorrow and the next day because that gets overwhelming, but just look at enjoying today. Enjoy your small children, your babies Mm -hmm. today. Enjoy their squishy little, you know, thighs and their, their little elbows. And Oh my goodness, just all their little body pieces, you know, and their little faces (laughs) and the little words that they have to say that are, just hysterical just enjoy that today because it is it is a gift from the lord small children are just you just looking if you look at society they it's such a short period Mm -hmm. it goes so fast and then then they're adults they're big people now forever forever (laughs) exactly so they're little people for so short of a time and so just appreciate that time and and when you do then they'll feel it they'll feel appreciated they'll feel known and then you just created a really sweet atmosphere 
That's awesome. Well, we talked a lot to the moms, but dads, if you're listening to this, it all applies to you too. If your dad, if you dads are doing the dishes and you're mopping the floor and you're driving kids places and you're doing these same things, it will change your kid's life. Maybe even more so than the moms For because sure. dads have such influence. Like I just was thinking about this and I was like, if Larry's listening to this or when Larry listens to this and he starts applying some of these things, our family's going to notice it because men are the ones who lead the family. And if they're leading out in these intentional areas, their kids will know it and feel it and actually probably crave it even more so than they crave attention from their moms for sure so dads and moms go be crazy cool you guys are awesome have a good day (laughs) crazycoolfamily.com